Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 219 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 179 and then skipping to 197 all the way up to 200, and also the first three episodes of Bakemonogatari, where in one, a boy tries to help his friends by pleading to a political leader, and in another, a boy tries to help his friend by finding an invisible crowd. Yeah, just gotta find that invisible crowd. Just gotta look, just gotta dig. You gotta dig down deep, and sometimes you'll come up with a crap. Sometimes it'll be a shoe. Sometimes it could even be a phone. But most of the time, it's it's gonna be a crap. You just need, just need to get in there and get that crap. <clears throat> I am not gonna say the name of this show, by the way. Anyways, let's jump in. Why, uh, why would you remove that great joy from our listeners' lives? It's just something that I'm not going to say. I'm just not, <laughs> not going to do it. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, also- <laughs> uh, I've been asked four times within the same span of a week what animes I'm excited about for this upcoming season. And I don't have an answer for you because I don't pay enough attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I am not plugged into the list of animes coming up in this season world like i i get that information from um from mother's basement videos most of the time occasionally from uh from uh super eye patch wolf but mostly mother's basement and i just i don't i don't know where it is so i've tried to look it up before and i guess my anime list is probably like a decent resource but i'm not used to looking at it and so yeah. it just intimidated me instead of made me feel like I had the information. So that's probably a personal problem, but it is a true thing. Yeah. And um, I like, I, you know, <laughs> just can't, I can't, I can't, I've got too many things happening at the same time. And your life is also, insane. I can't, I just can't. Anyways, uh, I have been reading more <laughs> one piece to su- the surprise of everyone. Um, saga continues. I, I, <laughs> what? <laughs> the saga continues. <laughs> I just can't. I can't get to the end point of where I was before. So, uh, if in case anybody has missed this uh, trial and tribulation that I've been going through with rereading One Piece, I decided to pick up uh, One Piece right before the Wano arc and read all the way through to where we currently are. Um, and I've been doing it in a more healthy way, which is to say I read about two chapters a night. So um, oh. that means I'm just kind of like slowly inching through it. And I, I have a very good reason why, because I feel like there is so much in one piece, especially in the manga. And I, I watch the anime too, but the anime has the added ability to have uh, a camera lens, if you can think about it that way, where it can point you in the direction that it wants you to look and it can make you like hear the things that it wants you to hear on screen at that time. Where the manga, it's there's so many pages that are just like so full of fucking information. 
And it's not always even said. It's just, it might just be what's happening in the background. There's also so many fucking characters. It is ridiculous. Um, there's like this entire subplot that's happening inside the Wano arc with CP9. And if you're not paying attention to it and you miss a lot of that stuff, you're also going to be really, really confused of what's going to be happening immediately after the Wano arc. And so like I, when I first was reading it, was reading a lot of chapters very quickly. So I think that I was just absorbing a lot less information. And because of that, when I got to the next arc and they were like, you remember all this important information you just received? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I, I fucked myself. It is, it is entirely a manga that is a solid enough piece of literature that you have to actually spend your time reading through each one of the chapters and fully absorbing it. And I think that's what makes uh, the creator of One Piece such a brilliant creator. Um, and I think that his his medium, or uh, yeah, his medium that he decided to make a story from is perfect for him. But if this was a a book series, it would also be fantastic and very very dense. So yeah. it's just it's just one of those things. And I I I say that that. Other than this, the only manga and anime that I am really absorbing right now is just from our podcast. And that's yeah. that's just a true thing that's happening to me. And it's because I'm devoting myself to becoming a One Piece weeb. Um, so <laughs> here we go. Well, you know, it's hard to find the time. You know, like I've, I have time, but I have things other than anime that I want to do. And half of that free time that I've got is filled with spending with my husband who's not an anime person. And so we don't watch a lot of anime. I'm going to make him watch Cowboy Bebop sooner or later, but it hasn't happened yet. And like, oh you got God. like, I don't know, I six you... jobs and two children. <laughs> I have one job and two children. <laughs> yeah. But it, is it one job though? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Blake put down some news for the week that I also yeah. saw. Um, There's also a second news thing I just want to bring up really quickly. There's a new Pokemon series. We talked a little uh, bit about how they're switching protagonists. And I believe the first episode of that series premiered today in Japan. Uh, Pokemon is one of the very few anime titles. uh, I guess Pokemon is licensed by Netflix here in North America. So that could be a factor. But it, it seems like Pokemon is just grandfathered into the old way of the Japanese uh, episode drops months before the American episode. So you are not going to be able to see the dub of the new series for a while, but uh, the new series did premiere today in Japan. So if you want to check that out, it's around. Yeah. If, if you're one of those people that's not allergic to subtitles, then you can also you know, just watch it. <laughs> yeah. I will um, say I, I like subtitles. Obviously I've gotten more into watching the dub as our podcast has gone on because of interviewing voice actors and stuff. And also the ease of watching a dub is just there, but um, it's weird watching the subtitled version of Pokemon for me because their names are different and I know the American names and that is confusing to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you might you so, might have different experiences. A trailer dropped, and it's a it's a it's a fucking doozy. Um, you'll remember that we did a full a full on coverage palooza 
of the original Star Wars Visions. Um, yeah. This one is Star Wars Visions 2, I guess, or the second volume. This yeah. one looks like it is done by, instead of being focusing on the anime, um, it is going to be focused on different, uh, uh, different. It's I guess global animation studios, yeah, not just Japanese animation. ones. My, my takeaway from the first preview that I saw was I want to see all of them somewhat. And I want to see the one that is done by the fucking people that do Wallace and Gromit. The yes. most. I want to so watch badly. that so badly. <laughs> Oh my God. I was so thrilled when you could see that it was them. And yeah, it, it opened and I was like, oh, Vision season two. That's great. More anime Star Wars. And I will say it does look like there's more anime Star Wars or at least anime inspired because it looked a lot like. Um, yeah, like I haven't looked Avatar, up the studio the last houses that are, that are contributing yet. I'm assuming they are. Yeah, I haven't either. List, but I haven't checked them out. Yeah. So uh, it, it makes sense that. Uh, well, one, I would say I don't think that a season two was bespoke. That could have gone either way. Uh, I I didn't know how popular the first season was. And anime has gotten a lot more popular in the last little while. Like younger, uh, younger, uh, younger generations, I guess, than mine are adopting anime and then not dropping it uh, as much as my generation did. And so... Yeah. Um, it's I weirdly bigger. see way more people than I used to just with random anime tattoos, and I'm yeah. just like, "Where did you come from?" Like, I didn't, it, I didn't yeah, know that weird. there were that many people just in mainstream. Like, I I was at work with a guy that's like his his things that he is into openly. He talks about how he's into like hunting and fishing, and he also has a a fucking seal on his arm from naruto (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i I love that wait a minute i feel like we were just a little off for like the zeitgeist anime experience that uh some people are having but it's really cool to see that like people and i part of my thesis on this is that the marvel cinematic universe made it okay to be into nerdy shit and made nerdy shit a genre rather than a sort of like subclass, if you will. And so I think that that went a long way into empowering people to be okay with the, the things that they were cool that they're into that they might have felt embarrassed by in the past. Um, And so I love that. Uh, Yeah, but it's, it's strange. And so, yeah, all of that to circle back around, I did not realize that um, that there, or I didn't, I didn't think that it was a, a guarantee that Star Wars Visions was going to do amazing, because it's anime and that might turn some people off. Uh, but it ap- apparently did well enough for them to warrant a season two, while also changing the format to be about famous animation studios and not just famous anime studios, which I think is more of a comment on. How do you keep this premise fresh and alive? Then it yeah. is a comment on uh, the anime of it all. So I'm really, even though it's not going to fall into the anime filters quite so much this time, uh, I'm really excited. And I also will be voting for us to cover it, uh, at least from the standpoint of it being grandfathered in 
because I thought that first season was really interesting and fun to cover. And this one looks like it will be just the same. Yeah. Are you excited as well about the, the third season that's just going to be all Pixar? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be too shocked if Pixar is one of the studios from this. Based on the trailer, it looked like maybe some Pixar might slip in there. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. Hey, uh, we have to sh- talk about a show that fucking floored me today. Um, and I'm not going to say the name of it because I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Blake, can you repeat that name again? Bakemonogatari. It yeah. is. Uh, I actually put some notes in here this time. I this is. I always try to look stuff up, and I I did it this time for real. So Bakemonogatari. This was put onto our suggestions list from a member in our Discord uh, whose screen name is Saratobi the God. They posted an image of a sort of scratch board of the best 100 anime of all time. This was on there, so that's how it got on our list. It is an anime adaptation of a light novel series just titled Monogatari. That means story. Bake Monogatari means monster story. Um, The Japanese light light novel series is written by Nisio Isin, whose other work that I recognized was Juni Taisen's Zodiac War. And uh, it was illustrated by an artist known as Vofan. Uh, That's just V-O-F-A-N, some sort of uh, uh, pen name there. Uh, Bake Monogatari is... It also was translated into a manga series that was illustrated by Oh Great, uh, which I guess is a a sort of studio. Um, It was based on the light novel series. It was serialized in Kodansha Weekly Shonen Magazine from March 2018 until March of 2023, which is like last month. Um, The chapters uh, have been collected and published in 21 Takoban. Um, I believe there's going to be like a couple more once the series is all finished. It, it seems like it just ended running the manga and that the Tankoban, of course, are delayed a little bit. So they they haven't all been released. Um, this anime series had 12 episodes that showed between July 3rd and September 25th of 2009. There was also two other series of about the same length. One was a sequel. One was a prequel. Um, they have slightly different names, but Monogatari is kind of the the you know, glue that bonds them all together. And uh, basically this was broken down into story arcs. So we watched uh, the first story arc was two episodes. And then the next story arc was three episodes, which we watched only the first of. And uh, it seems like it's a a, a Japanese school kid who apparently used to be a vampire, but was cured of it somehow who found in the first two episodes a girl that also had a problem that seemed supernatural in nature and took her to his supernatural friend to help her solve those problems and in the process unlocked some psychological issues that she had to deal with that were sort of a part of that. And it it seems like that's the whole premise. He has girls in his class that he wants to help or girls that he meets that he wants to help that have issues that turn out to be both psychological and... um, uh, supernatural. So yeah, what'd you think? So I think number one, um, I didn't make it to episode three because what I did was I watched the first episode and then I rewatched the first episode. Um, and the biggest reason why is that the style you're going to be, if you're somebody who is not used to, art house animes um and that that a a lot of people just 
dip their fingers in with anime and they're just like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pick up like the big ones that people want to watch. And I'm not going to really worry about these other ones that are these small one-offs or stuff like that. I've talked to a lot of people that are like that. A lot of people, um, kind of skate past anime like this. And I think that is a, a big misstep. And I, I think that a lot of people, unless they're going to spend a, a lot of time really delving into different anime, um, are going to miss stuff like this. I had never heard of this before, and I look at a lot of anime, and I look at a lot of manga, and I I had never heard of this, and you're going to be fucking overwhelmed with style. Were, were you just kind of floored with like that first, it's like the first three minute sequence is just like such a like a barrage of information it's just like did you just pause a bunch of times because i had to i didn't i did feel overwhelmed um i didn't pause it pause my way through it because i felt like especially once the intro started playing i was able to kind of take inventory of everything that had been thrown at me and be like okay here's where i think we are uh, and I was mostly correct about that based on what the rest of the episodes revealed and what, you know, me Googling around for some information seemed to uh, seemed to course, uh, you know, correlate with or something. Um, yeah, it, it definitely it it's a big swing in style and I did not like it at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely felt, I definitely felt that, that like, this might not be for everybody. Um, And I, I do kind of feel that, that I think the person that is going to enjoy this the most is people that really get into uh, light novels that are, uh, Mostly romance, but also partially supernatural. And that being said, I am not into any of those sort of things. I have never really been into, like, you know, Twilight or any of those kind of of, of its ilk or something like that, right? You know, but I think that this show does a really well-dressed version of that to the point where I was impressed by the studio and the animators more than the story that I was picking up because I, I thought that it was, it was a lot, but it made me want to watch more work from the studio. If that makes sense. I think so. Now I, for me, I thought, Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's the direction because I don't know much about directing animation. I I would argue that I am relatively well versed in the um, in the uh, the basics of live action directing. That makes sense to me. I don't 100 percent know what you're doing in animation because it's like, okay, 
directing has to do with setting up shots for sure, but it also has to do with the shots themselves in real time in a way that just doesn't, it's not possible with animation because of the way that animation works. So I, my suspicion is that a lot of this stylistic choosing was a directorial choice that I just disagree with, but I don't, I don't know enough to be dangerous here. Um, so I'm not sure, but yeah, it was to me, the, the phrase that kept coming up to me was this feels like a music video where they could, they could hardly set on one thing for more than a second. I mean, there were multiple times when we were cutting every second for many, many seconds in a row from one shot to another shot. And it, it wasn't for any reason other than art. Um, and, and it's difficult for me because I, I like artistic things. I like big artistic swings. And so it's like, I appreciate the spirit behind this, but it almost made me think of somebody like, I'm going to make people mad here, uh, but this is my opinion. Uh, there are filmmakers like Zack Snyder who makes a movie that is dripping in style, but he is so obsessed with and so blinded by the stylistic things that he likes that he lets the story suffer as a result. And you get these moments, you know, you get the Justice League four and a half hours. That thing could easily have been feature length if you had just had somebody that would tell Zack Snyder to rein it in a bit. But he, you, they don't because he had for, sort of free reign there. Um, in this same instance, the story at the core here works. It is weird, uh, but it's weird in a way that's interesting and that I was able to buy into once I figured out what was going on. And I will say I had an emotional response to the climax of the first story arc here uh, in a way that the moments leading up to it, I did not expect to have because I was just so frustrated with how I couldn't look at one thing on the screen and focus on it because the show wouldn't let me. Um, and it also, I don't know if you got this impression, Spencer, but it felt like it was out of focus frequently. Um, and I was like, my internet's oh, yeah. real they were, good. They were, playing, they were playing with Lynn styles like yes. nothing else. Like, and so it's uh, like, it's a big stylistic swing in a way that you'll see Zack Snyder or... Um, I thought of what's the guy that that has like a very flat film presentation. That's like a very famous, popular filmmaker. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, Wes Anderson, Mr. Fox, Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson. I would say I generally love Wes Anderson films because they take a really intense, slavish devotion to a specific style, and they just go with it. This style was too much, and I I felt like, unlike Wes Anderson, a little bit more like Zack Snyder, I felt like the style was getting in the way of the storytelling instead of being a part of the storytelling. And so I was like, this style is interesting, and it is heavy-handed in a way that I can find respectable in a lot of times, but in this specific instance, I am finding it to do more harm than good on a story that... You could tell you could have the same voice acting at the same cadence, but if you just animated it differently and took out some of these cuts and made a little bit more standard camera angles for some of these sequences, I would not be struggling so much against the format. I'm just being deluged with information, and most of that information isn't helping. 
uh, and they're, they're also like, I think that's really personified by the fact that like there are frequent blink and you'll miss it cuts to walls of text that you are clearly not intended to be able to read because nobody can read that fast. And it's like, this text is here. You're putting text here. It's not subliminal messaging. It's, it's like text that's part of the story. And I would argue I did not pause to read the text. I did not look up what the text says. I just went along. As soon as I realized that the text was flashing up too fast to be read, even by in the normal Japanese, I was like, this isn't meant to be read. This is a stylistic choice. And therefore, I don't need it to understand the story. And you don't. But I'm confident that there's aspects of the story that you're not getting by not reading the text. And that's just infuriating that they just it's some people are going to really vibe with that, that there's so much to to take apart and chew on. And there's going to be a rewatch value or there's going to be value in stopping this and watching, you know, pausing it to see what you're missing. And that's great. Uh, but for me, I think that it is more harm than good to this product that I found otherwise relatively interesting um, but was left feeling really, really, really frustrated and unsatisfied at the end. Yeah. Hey, we have a Naruto episode to talk about, and uh, I have a suggestion. Um, let's just give them the episodes. <laughs> sure. They sort because of blend I swear together. to God, man. I like the more the more we go into. Uh, I understand it for shows that we have like, you know, been covering for a short period of time, but, uh, we've been covering Naruto for so long that all you really need to know is that the last thing that happened inside of the show, um, is, is going to be touched for like a second and then they're just going to go straight into the new season. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Pain was just defeated by Naruto, and let's 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 go. Sure. Um, what are we What are we picking up with here? Uh, oh, we're picking up with a one, single episode, episode one seventy nine, oh, yeah. Kakashi Hitake, uh, uh, I, uh, the Jonin in charge. Um, I want to point this out to everybody. This is one seventy nine. On our last episode of Naruto coverage, we finished with one seventy five. There are yep. several episodes of filler between there and 179. I would argue that this is mostly filler also. Um, yes. Although this, it made me reconsider some stuff. This has literally one piece of information that I think is important. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if you even put it there. Yeah, but I, I think it was one of those where they were like, uh, there is stuff you haven't seen yet that you might need to know. So it's in it technically falls under not filler um, where, you know, most of it is just it's not filler, but it's a it's a recap of stuff that you've seen before. Um, so, there is, yeah, this there is yeah, one really important piece of information, though, and that that is that Tsunade, you already know, is in a coma. Yeah. But what you don't know is that because she's in a coma, instead of uh, there being some sort of other board that's going to be able to run the country until the. Um, or run the village until the their ninja president comes out of her coma, like a vice president, uh, vice ninja president, as it would be. Um, uh, acting president, it, I would say. Is that, is uh, well, yeah, acting, acting ninja president. Um, the, the problem is, instead of that, uh, what they decide to do is get together in a room with uh, a whole bunch of 
uh, old men with big dumb hats and one with an especially big dumb hat um, and talk about who the next Hukage should be. Um, because since Tsunade is not able to come out of her coma right now, they are going to appoint another Hokage and just kind of, I guess, strip her of her powers, even though she might wake up. Um, yeah, I'm a little unclear on what happened. You know, she's unable to act as ninja president. And, you know, it's important to have um, contingencies in place for if your leader is incapacitated, who will be the leader? And that makes yeah. sense, but they def- it definitely seems like I'm not 100% clear on uh, when and how she regains that power. And I am 100% clear that Donzo, who wants that power, does not intend to give it back. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason that Donzo gets, gives, gets power here is not because he's immediately going to get power. It's they're going to give over the reins of everything to Kakashi because like, well, he, uh, he, he was trained by a different Hokage and that, that all is great. And because of that, we just have another line of people that trained other people and it's going to be great. And Donzo's just like, fuck you guys. What, (laughs) what the people that were trained this way led us to where our village was destroyed and smashed into the ground. And we had all of these insane things happen. And like under your nose, all of these things went wrong and they're like, okay, fine. Danzo, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also got the impression there where they were like that while he was trained by so-and-so tracing all the way back to the beginning of the village. And I was like, this is nepotism. (laughs) This is nepotism village right here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and uh, um that's the only thing I you did, really need to know there's a whole bunch yeah, of flashback I had, shit there's i had some, some thoughts they flash back to shit. they flash back to kakashi finding out that he is going to be the squad leader for naruto sasuke and sakura um and they focus largely on the early before they were really a team plot line where naruto ties up sasuke to impersonate sasuke to get uh, Sakura to tell him the truth about how he feel, how she feels about Naruto because Naruto has a crush on Sakura and he hopes that she has a crush on him and she actually hates Naruto, but she steps in it because uh, Naruto has a stomach ache. He has to run off. And, um, and then the real Sasuke shows up. She does not realize that there is a difference and she expresses to Sasuke that she thinks that Naruto is such a fuck up because he doesn't have a family, not realizing that Sasuke also doesn't have a family. And so Sasuke has a negative reaction to that. And it sort of doesn't work out for any of them in a a vaguely interesting story. But here are some thoughts that I had. (laughs) Naruto and Sasuke at this point are almost in their teens, or maybe they've just turned uh, 13. They live alone. Uh, Sasuke's family was killed just a few years ago, probably. Uh, Naruto's family was killed when he was a full-on infant, unable to take care of himself, baby. Uh, they live by themselves. Who's taking care of them? Who, where do they get the money? It's never, it's never addressed that they have an inheritance. It's never addressed that they have jobs. They just have places where they live. Uh, and we see them living in those places in this episode. Does the Leaf Village have universal basic income? (laughs) Are they on some sort of welfare program? Why is this never addressed? I was so interested in this. Um, Also, I don't generally love this plot line because I don't care that much about the romance possibilities between these characters. 
and I care a lot more about the ninja action, and this plotline predates that. But I thought I was impressed by how much of a good scene this is for Sakura in in when you think about it, because the author has admitted to not really knowing how to write female characters, which is an embarrassing thing to admit, but it's a thing he said, and to not really knowing what to do with those characters. And here, Sakura is just speaking about her thoughts and feelings in a very honest way. And I think when I first watched this episode for the podcast, and most of the times, I think about it from the standpoint of how annoying it is that Naruto is like pulling this deception on her and how interesting it is that she makes this misfire with Sasuke. But this time around, I was like, oh, it's really interesting that Sasuke Sakura is being able, like she's being given thoughts that are her own and she's being given a platform to voice them in a way that the story does not always give her after this. And I found that to be really intriguing in an otherwise episode that you could probably skip if you just know what happens in it. Yeah. I think you should just, you know, listen to what we have to say and then just skip it. But anyway, oh, that's always uh, true. It's 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 inmired in so much filler around it. And uh and that takes us to where we're going to skip to. So that was 179. This is going to be 197. The six Do not watch the episodes in between. Danzo. And this Don't. episode uh, Man oh man. I I'm blown away so much by how cool they can have these teeny tiny moments be with new characters as well as they can make these characters just so moot afterwards because these two characters that are going to be introduced, uh, I I mean, I guess there's three characters that are going to be introduced, but two of them I really pay attention to. And those um, are going to be, uh, they're three people from the hidden uh, cloud village. And that's uh, Sam. I think it's Samui, uh, Karui, and Omai. Omai. Oh, They're all Omai. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, um, two of them are disciples of our, our great rapping ninja that we um, so, so dearly love so much. Um, and uh, they are trying to figure out what happened to their leader. Um, And one of the ways that they are going to do this is get in arguments with each other as they're going to the village hidden in the leaf. And uh, one of the dumbest jokes inside of the show that I may have ever seen that I don't even know if it actually works or not. um, They make each other angry. So one of them throws a rock at the other one and it misses them. And they're just like, what if that rock runs into another rock and it causes an avalanche and destroys the village hidden in the leaf? And then they get there and there's just a crater. (laughs) And they're like, what did you do? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It was so a genuine laugh from me that I was not expecting. Um Yeah, uh, and it, it's great because one of these characters is basically introduced as the worst-case scenario snowball warrior. So he's he's like, oh, if you throw that rock, it's going to, you know, snowball into a crater that destroys the village. And he just keeps doing that. And it's kind of charming and it's fun. Um, they, so they, they roll up into the Leaf Village. They have been sent here by the Raikage, which is their, their ninja president, to bring a letter to... 
uh, Tsunade, who they now find is comatose. So instead, Hokage, the acting Hokage Danzo, they get the letter to him. Um, Naruto and Sakura, meanwhile, are going to learn that Danzo has been uh, has been made acting ninja president and that he has used his ninja president powers to declare Sasuke a rogue ninja that is to be killed on sight. Uh, and they don't care for that shit at all. So they go to Sai, who is their replacement for Sasuke teammate, who also is like a special black ops agent trained by Donzo, but has now become friends with them. And they're like, hey, what can you tell us about Donzo? And he's like, fucking nothing. <laughs> they're like, but I thought we were friends. And he's like, no, 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 not like that. And he reveals that he has a cursed seal on his tongue that literally will physically incapacitate him if he starts trying to tell somebody about Donzo. This is wild, and I totally dig it. Hey, everybody. Um, this is the first time that we've had to do something like this. Uh, we we had to pause our recording. <laughs> Yeah, so that was fun. I highlighted where we were, but it's going to be probably a hard transition. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort of why I just was like, I'm just going to bite the bullet and just tell people that we we uh, had to stop recording. And it is now days later than what you were previously listening to. <laughs> yeah, there's been a whole weekend since then. It was like a whole thing. Yeah, our thoughts are fresher and stupider yeah. than they've ever been. I have a I have. I got a I got my ear pierced uh, over the weekend, so I'm a completely different person. Oh well, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad to know that you are no longer like. Yeah, uh, I haven't figured out who I am yet, but I'm not him. Yeah, you're now <laughs> pierced. <laughs> <laughs> pierced. <laughs> yeah. So seriously, where were we? <laughs> Uh, so we were on episode 197. So we had just talked about, uh, the, the cloud ninja getting introduced and finding that the leaf village had been destroyed, which was kind of, uh, like a really fun, funny moment. Um, they went to take the letter to the, uh, they went to take a letter. They brought a letter from the Raikage to the Hokage, who they thought was Tsunade, who is of course comatose. Uh, so now they took it to Donzo cause he's the acting Hokage. And we were just at the part where we were about to talk about Naruto and Sakura who learn that Donzo has become the acting Hokage. And one of his first things that he's done as the acting Hokage is that he declares that Sasuke is a rogue ninja who should be killed on sight. Um, yeah. And if you know anything about Naruto and Sakura, they don't care for that uh, at all. They don't, they yeah. don't like that decision. Yeah. So the cloud ninja, they're going to overhear them having a discussion about this and they're going to immediately start a very violent confrontation. Um, and, well, they, uh, they, they overhear Naruto and Sakura specifically interrogating Sai who yeah. uh, again you can't talk about it grew anything. up he, he cannot tell a lie or a truth or anything because uh when they go to ask him about donzo who who you know he knows a lot about because he grew up in donzo's like secret child soldier black ops program um turns out that part of that program is that you get a curse seal put on your tongue so that you cannot speak about donzo to anyone who asks so no npr interviews or anything yeah um, and, uh, they're going to basically, um, 
they're going to tell them that Sasuke is part of Akatsuki and they took their mentor, Killer B, and they are going to kill Sasuke when they find him. And they get into a, a pretty back and forth little like fight to begin with. It's just like, like the way that ninjas say hello fight. is stab each other with blades. And if they can survive the stabbies, they're like, okay, we can have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to, to their credit, Naruto and Sakura were not aware that Sasuke had done all this stuff because last they, you know, they ran into Sasuke a while back when he was still affiliated with Orochimaru, but also Orochimaru was still around. Uh, and since then Sasuke has resorbed him or maybe he, he like absorbed Orochimaru right then, but they were, you know, they were at that moment intending to infiltrate Orochimaru's base to find Sasuke instead of finding that Sasuke had sort of solved the problem on his own, but still didn't want to come home with them. Uh, then Sasuke went out on his revenge quest for his brother and there were a couple of near misses. And I think Naruto and Sakura are both aware that they had some near misses and that they have come frustratingly close to running across Sasuke since then, but have not actually managed to do so. And they are of course still, you know, hell bent on figuring out a way to talk Sasuke out of, uh, at this point having fully converted to villainy. I mean, you know, I, I think even as a viewer and as a, somebody who has enjoyed Sasuke as a character in the past, I have a sense similar to Naruto and Sasuke, sorry, sorry uh, similar to Naruto and Sakura, that Sasuke doesn't seem to be 100% bad. His villainy is motivated not by, you know, sort of like self-serving evil desires, but more for a sort of like twisted bank shot revenge and stuff like that. Uh, but he's been gone from the village for a long time. He's been only affiliated with villains since he left. He has been killing some of those villains uh, to make himself stronger. I mean, sure, to protect himself. But I don't know. He's really living in a gray area. And again, as, as a viewer of the show and as someone who saw him as a kid and sort of saw all of his backstory and understands where he's coming from, how he got where he is there is that sense that I share with Naruto of like, he's savable. But honestly, if you're not Naruto and you're not me watching the show, Naruto, the, 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 the ninja that have visited the, the village and are like, this guy is an irredeemable villain who needs to be stopped. I get it. Like they, their, their perspective makes a lot of sense. And they're even like, yeah, he, he kidnapped and potentially killed our, uh, our sensei, which shocks Naruto and Sakura until they learn that their sensei is an uh, Jinchuriki, which means he's got a big tailed beast stuck up inside of him. And uh, also that uh, Sasuke seems to be working with the Akatsuki. And that's when Naruto's like, oh, your sensei's not dead. Yeah. Well, not yet. They're not going to kill him well, until yeah. they've sucked the big giant monster out of him. And Yeah, uh, I mean, don't let's wait, but he's probably alive right now. <laughs> Yeah, so then it does a kind of a smash cut to um, Sasuke and the rest of his crew running along and being interrupted very rudely by Toby and uh, uh -huh. and what? <laughs> oh, I was just agreeing with you. Uh, Toby is going to be like, hey, by the way, um, thanks for doing that favor for me to get Killer P 
Uh, here's the problem. Uh, that wasn't Killer V. That was just one of his tentacles that he had turned into a clone of himself. So you have failed. Yeah. Who could so, have thought that someone in this universe would ever transform uh, some random thing into a lookalike of themselves? Never. Yeah, nobody. In Never the history happened. of time has that happened. Yeah. Um, also, the problem, much like the mafia, when you're in debt to them and you haven't fully paid off that debt, you need to continue paying off that debt or they're going to kill you, which is why Toby is just like, look, you, even though you don't want to be a part of this anymore, you still need to do me another favor. And that is uh, the five Kages are going to have a, su- a summit and Danzo, who's now the attending Kage, Hokage, is going to be there. And so they're like, okay, we'll attack it for you. And that takes us into episode 198, Five Kage's Summit Eve. Um, And this episode introduces the different Kage's. And I love all of them. (laughs) They're all great. Um, It also, it it leans, or it leads into a plotline with Naruto that I'm just going to say made me very frustrated. Mm-hmm. Because uh, at the end of the last episode, again, the the you know Cloud Village Ninja are pretty pissed that uh, that um, that Sasuke has done this terrible thing, and they're kind of miffed at Naruto and Sakura for trying to defend him. Uh, again, understandably so. Their perspective: this guy doesn't have any redeeming features. So at the end of the episode, Naruto says to them, you guys are about to go on a quest that will involve you sort of planning to hunt down Sasuke. And uh, I'm going to go with you and give you some inside information on him as his childhood friend and teammate. Uh, I can give you invaluable information that you probably can't get anywhere else. Uh, I will help you. And Sakura, Sakura is like, Naruto, what the hell are you doing? And Naruto looks at her and is like, I've got this. Just trust me. The beginning of this episode, <laughs> the next fucking thing that happens, as soon as they get into the woods, they're like, okay, you're with us because you said you'd tell us everything you know about Sasuke. And Naruto's like, ah, I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> That's his plan. And this then, is the and, worst plan ever. And then instead of having a fight with them or argument with them, he just stands there and just gets beaten to a pulp by them. And that's his solution. Yeah, it, He's just it's like, a little I'm bit gonna... of that, like uh, passive resistance kind of thing. Like I have, I have too much honor and I am just, and so I will, you know, stand here and take your, your sort of like unjustified outrage and, and the justice of my position will be, the balm of my injuries or whatever, but it's just stupid. He didn't have to tell them he was going to go with them to tell them this stuff. He didn't have to go with them. He just, the last thing that happened before this was he said, I will come with you and give you information. And the next, the literally next step that happened was him saying, I'm not going to tell you anything. What the fuck? And again, there is a moment, you know, don't at me because there is a moment where he seems to really stop and think about, Sasuke and his past, the, you know, their shared history and what they mean to each other, or at least what Sasuke means to Naruto. And th- you can make the argument, and I will accept this argument, that Naruto 
had planned to give them information to convince them that Sasuke is not such a bad guy and has since then considered that giving up that information would be some combination of a betrayal of Sasuke as his friend and or ineffective in the long run toward his you know goal of not having Sasuke get offed by these people. And so like I think that that's understandable, but I, I still would argue that it's not particularly well done here and it's just kind of baffling. And it leads to Naruto getting his shit kicked in in an almost comical way, but it's just so you're just sitting there and you're like, none of this had to happen. You did this to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the other thing that's happening inside this episode is that while the, while Donzo is heading to the summit, he's got some bodyguards that are with him and they are going to be attacked. Um, <laughs> oh, the bodyguards. I oh my God. This. I also had the mask this under the mask. Thought. Um, one of the guys there, he was like, you gotta, you can't wear a mask to this. So they take off their masks and one guy is still wearing a mask. And he I'm takes just like, off the mask to just reveal his entire face is still covered. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. I was just like, wait a minute. So you're just like, like full on, like under this mask, there's yet another mask sort of guy. Yeah. This is the non filler version of that episode about, uh, Kakashi's mask. Yeah. It's just, it's so great. And like, again, there are so many ninja in, in this universe that are designed to be wearing masks in, in part or in full Kakashi being the most prominent example. He is always wearing a mask. It's a thing. And if he goes to this meeting and he doesn't take the mask off because that's how Kakashi was designed, uh, you know, it makes sense. He's wearing ninja garb. I, I don't think anybody would bat an eye at him showing up in a bit of a mask because that's a ninja thing, except. And again, the masks that they take off are masks specific to a secret society that, you know, it's the black ops team mask. So, you know, maybe it's these masks aren't aren't welcome there. And I think that's probably you could justify it by saying accurately or not that that's what they meant. But it is just hysterical that Donzo turns to these people and says, masks aren't allowed at this thing, so take those off. And one of the guys takes off a mask to reveal that he is still wearing a mask. It's so good. And they just don't say anything about it, and everybody moves on like everything's fine. It's just great. Yeah. Um, Also, there is going to be um, kind of an important thing that happens after this, which is just that um, all of uh, all of Naruto and friends are going to decide that yes, they need to go to the summit. Yes, they need to speak to the uh they need to speak to the Kazakage. Um right. Raikage. Raikage. They need to speak to the Raikage yeah. to call Gara is the Kazakage. This, this uh they need to they need to go to the summit so that they can call off this thing and also uh to point out to them that uh, it's it's very important that all of the different Kages understand who they're up against. Because um, when Naruto in, envisioned his father, um, Minato, inside of his head, and it like protected him from uh, just going completely berserk, it was like the, the, last, the last seal that was left on him. Um, and it revealed that Toby was the one that was responsible for the Ninetales attack that ended up killing Minato. Um, and a really important thing about that is that in order to control the Ninetales, you need a, um, an Aijutsu. 
And the only one that is able to do it, um, or the only two, I guess, because I think you can, I think you can do it with um, the one that Payne had, um, Renegon, the Renegon, and you can do it with um, the 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 same clan that we've been fighting against the entire time of the show, which is the Uchiha, the Sharigan, the Sharigan, and he's like, oh my god, Toby, then must be. Uh, Madara, and so he's like, yeah. "Hey, what? We should all go." And Kakashi's just like, "I'm gonna go," and Yamato is also gonna go, um, and we're all gonna run over to the Five Kage Summit, and then we're gonna go and we're gonna talk to them, and then we get to see all of our favorite friends, the Kages, um, because episode 199 into the Five Kages, it was either last episode or this episode, but you get them like leaving from their respective villages. And uh, it's awesome. I, I love the Suchikage so much. <laughs> yeah, they're it's also fun. real He's fun in the favorite. fighting games. <laughs> these are these are really good characters. This is actually, I would say, this is a an arc that breathes a lot of life into Naruto, and of course, is also leading sort of. You know, I, I guess this is sort of a spoiler, but this is basically the beginning of the end of Naruto Shippuden, which is not to say that we are close to the end of Naruto Shippuden. But this is where most of the puzzle pieces that we're going to see in the Naruto endgame are being introduced and put into place here. And um, it's really fun because part of that is there is a great wide ninja world out there that we have been aware of, that we have periodically visited, but that we haven't really explored. And now we are going to introduce, uh, you know, no fewer than three characters uh, major characters from each village, the uh, the Kage and their two bodyguards from each one. And they are all fun. And uh, for the most part, they all have interesting, cool designs and powers. And this is just like such a fun time to be a Naruto watcher. Yeah. And then uh, we also get to watch Donzo and his friends kill a bunch of assassins <laughs> who are after him, um, yeah. which is less a weird thing about Donzo too. immediately killed them. What? There's a weird thing about Donzo, too, that shouldn't be true, but is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, Here, here's something. Uh, this is actually a weird thing about the Sharingan. Yeah. Here's so the Don- thing. Donzo is going to reveal that he has a Sharingan. Um, but uh-huh. we know that Donzo is not an Uchiha. Um, That's so- right. He was actually responsible. It turns out he was the guy, the village leader that sort of pushed the village toward or even gave the order to uh, massacre the entire Uchiha clan. So this is weird. Yeah, but as we've learned from Kakashi, if you are gifted or I guess you could take one of these fucking eyes, um, you you can then use ninja abilities to implant it into yourself and now you have a Sharingan. Um, And so... Because of that, we now know that Donzo has a Sharingan eye under the bandages on the side of his face. And we're assuming that he hides that the same way that Kakashi hides that so that people don't know that he has this special ability. It's like a trump card that he can play at any time. Um, And then we do uh, a a lot of just bullshitting around until we get to all of them at the, the... kind of like right right outside of the snowy summit where they're all going to. Um, and yeah. Naruto and friends finally catch up with the Raikage, and that takes us to episode 
200 Naruto's plea, where Naruto makes a plea to the Raikage, and the Raikage is just like, look, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's like, he took my brother... And I'm just going to fucking kill him. And I'm going to kill everybody in the Akatsuki. And that's just going to be a thing. And he's just like, I'm certain he's not part of the Akatsuki. And he's just like, well, if he took my brother, he's got to (laughs) die. It's it is. You're so right, because (laughs) this is such an interesting scene, too, because one of Naruto's greats on, you know, external superpowers is that he can make an impassioned plea to someone and move their heart and they will come around to Naruto's way of thinking. This literally just happened with pain. They pain wrecked Naruto's entire childhood home, then got into a big fucking knockdown drag out fight with Naruto that led to pain being at death's door. And even after all that, which this was like, you know, one of the guiding goals of Payne's life. Even at the end of all that, Naruto was like, let me tell you my story and then we'll see how you fucking feel. And yeah. so Naruto does this to the Raikage and the Raikage is unmoved. Uh, not entirely. It's not that he doesn't hear Naruto. It's just that he's like, look, this is bigger than all that. What you're saying may or may not be true, but the fact of the matter is he's an international fucking criminal that is kidnapping and killing people willy and nilly, and I'm yeah. not having it. Yeah. He's he's like the no-nonsense character that his special ability is that he's immune to talk no jutsu. Um, yeah. His, he's, I love it. He's, it's nice to see. Yeah, he's a fantastic character. Um, he's and great. Then, he's, then he stomps his way off lightningly. Um, all the way up the hill <laughs> in the way Did that he walks. Did you say lightningly? Yeah, that's how he does it. Um, anyways, he goes, uh, he goes up the hill and they, do, they start this summit. The summit, uh, <laughs> the summit really so is stupid. <laughs> um, okay. Anyways. Um, so here's, here's the deal. Um, Everybody seems to have their own perspective of what they should do inside of the situation. The Raikage is just like, look, everybody from one of your villages is a fucking asshole and has joined the Akatsuki. Like, somebody from every one of your villages did that thing. Nobody from my village did. So obviously I need to figure out what's wrong with all of you other people. And Gara's just like, hey, it's going to take them a long time to build a, a, a working, functional Jinchuriki. So, like, you don't even have to worry that it's going to be that bad because we got so much time. And then and then it kind of breaks apart because Donzo's just like, okay, but here's the problem. There's a loophole inside of creating these Jinchuriki, um, and that is complete control over them. And the only person that can do that is that people with Sharingan and we're pretty sure that Madara Uchiha is part of the Akatsuki. <laughs> and they're all like, what yeah. the fuck? He's dead. And he's just like, no, he's, he's, no. he's, he's there. And that the, it kind of, it kind of boils down to the neutral moderator um, named Mufune. Um, and he is going to he's a samurai. He's going to be like, you know what we should do? 
is we should form this alliance between all the ninjas to deal with the Yakatsuki. And it'll be called the Shinobi Alliance. And because the person that seems the least insane in this room is Donzo, we should make him the leader. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, which is astonishing. Yes, and it makes me it makes me question a lot of motives and goals of different characters in the scene. But that's where we are. And it's uh, a good politics scene. There's also there's a, another interesting wrinkle with the Akatsuki that they are serving as a mercenary force. So I guess this is how they've kind of existed before they kind of started putting their plans into motion. So there's a lot of like interesting, complicated politics here. Like the Akatsuki explicitly reject their home villages. That's why they cross off the symbols on their headbands when they join the Akatsuki. Uh, They are considered rogue ninja. They are from the villages, but they are not of the villages any longer. But it is interesting that I makes this point that like, yeah, I'm the only one whose village hasn't had somebody join the Akatsuki. So what the hell is going on where you guys live? And people are using the Akatsuki as like, you know, a mercenary war force. And like, there is, there are so many interesting political maneuverings going on here. And like these characters, even though they're all new, all seem really interesting and cool. And it's just a really like fun non-battle tension that that Naruto has sometimes that it's doing really really well here. Yeah. And that's our coverage for this week. Uh thanks for sticking with us and uh stick with us after these credits I guess a little bit more so that you can get more information about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 15 sound wizard. Fireball! 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 Ad-free versions of our podcast are available on Patreon, along with extra Patreon-only goodies, like additional conversations and articles written by the hosts. Follow us on Twitter at B&SGetJumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. We also have a Discord server, and you can find links to that on our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week. Thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a geek-centric website that covers all manners of topics from video games and anime to tabletop games, board games, comics, and more. If you're looking for a website to add to your daily rotation for some of the latest news, reviews, and overall takes on where geek culture is headed, make sure to bookmark thegeeklygrind.com and pay us a visit. I also wanted to thank you uh, for being a faithful listener to this podcast. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is a vital member of our podcast family, which also includes Knights of the World Table, which is a D&D audio drama podcast, The Ink and Paint Club, an animation podcast, Comic Book Keepers, which is a comic book podcast, and Geek Exploration, the podcast which is on general geek culture. We also have the Geekly Grind podcast, which provides audio renditions of our published articles, special guests, and more. Make sure to seek those out and listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again.
Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 110 through 112. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta just get this out real quick. Um, all right. Uh, let me just, uh, it's, uh, okay. It's a dirt bike, but stick with me here. Um, what I'm going to do on this dirt bike is I'm going to drive as fast as I can um, over, over this lake. And the lake is infested with sharks. So, like, don't don't freak out, though, because I'm going to make it all the way over, I swear. Um, and uh, there's going to be a lot of different different shots of me as I jump over the shark-infested waters. There's even going to be a shark, probably, that's added in post that's going to be jumping up out of the water. Um, and then when I make it to the other side, I'm just going to look at the camera and put, put up two thumbs and just go, Hey. <laughs> <laughs>